Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Uh, Nancy Lotter-Janderson, President of New Perspectives, should be joining us shortly, but hasn't made it quite into the studio as yet. They are authors, co-authors, that is, of the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. Today's Giving Tuesday, so we're going to talk about ways to give to charity, why you should give to charities. Uh, and how you can tell if a charity is an IRS-qualified charitable organization and what percentage of their funds go to the support they work for each day. We'll also discuss what to give, cash, non-cash, time, time, or stock. We're looking for your personal finance questions as well as we do each Tuesday, so give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464, or you can email the show money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Ryder. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. So you made it through. Uh, did you, by chance, attempt to uh, do any shopping during the, the Black Friday sell-a-thon? Uh, no, I did no shopping on Black Friday. However, uh I did buy at least one gift yesterday on Cyber Monday. Did get a good deal on that, but it was it was just a very specific thing I knew somebody needed. So I just I'm, I'll take advantage of those deals. I had a friend of mine who uh, texted me Friday mid morning, and uh, he likes to go shopping. So we and we weren't going to go because of Black Friday. Well, he 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 texted me in the middle of the morning. He said, "Well, Black Friday's over." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He said, "Well, my dad said it all ended this morning." I was like, "Well, no, that was just the first wave of Black Friday. <laughs> the, some of the chaos ended <laughs> in the morning." Uh, however, we actually did go to uh, the the retail area in Flowood, and. Mm-hmm. Um, one store was not too crowded. The other store was rather crowded, which was surprising to me because it was pennies. Uh, and had been to pennies sort they're, of they're during the course the of the year, and there was never anybody there. But, boy, it was extremely crowded. Uh, but actually, so, you know, we were kind of on the fringes of it. But I, my experience was it was not – we didn't see anybody fighting over merchandise or that sort of thing. It is, so. it is always interesting to see which, what stores are successful drawing in the crowds. So Well, you know, pennies is – Pennies is offering the biggest discounts of any of the retailers because uh-huh. they're trying to. They always uh, have. Well, but they this offer time, any day. it's huge because they're trying to clear out inventory and uh, reboot. And so, you know, that's a good place to go. They don't, okay. want, they don't want to turn into the next Sears. That makes sense because, like I said, it was it was probably the most crowded store that we went into. And and I was a little bit surprised by that. But now it's that all about price. Certainly makes sense. Um, how about some financial news in the news? Ooh. Uh, Markets have been quite volatile, and um, we have been watching housing for a long time. And there was a great article in the Wall Street Journal pointing to the housing market in Dallas as representative of what's going on across the country, which is a slowdown. Uh, We have also been seeing some slowing in car sales. And, of course, we have this big announcement from General Motors about shutting some plants. Uh, Ford is at the point of saying, you know, we're really not going to do anything other than or we're going to focus on SUVs and trucks. Uh, That's where they make most of their money. Um, So this is just a slowing. We don't know if it's going to turn into anything more, but we are seeing a slowdown globally. And so um, since we're talking about Black Friday, uh, we kind of previewed it a couple weeks ago, but it's it's the kickoff of the holiday sales season. And uh, indications have been that it's is very successful, very strong start to the to the sales season. And I mean, you know, if if you have ever bought anything online, you are getting tons of promotional emails. So, you know, that this is just the beginning and they'll be ramping up sales uh, throughout the month. So, yeah, I think I've hit uh, unsubscribe a a number of times this week because, you know, it's a place that you only would buy a gift one time of year. And you certainly don't want to know the the intimate details of every one of their sales that are going on. So uh, that's a a handy thing to have. F- a funny, just way off a tangent here. You know, robocalling is getting to be where it's just everybody is very annoying to people. So I, my thing now is if it's a number I don't recognize, it immediately goes to voicemail. Oh, absolutely. Well, I have found an app that is supposed to screen some of those uh, calls for me. 
and uh, cut down on uh, that amount as well as texting. Um, we'll see mm-hmm. how it works. And I will say the uh, Mississippi Public Service Commission has an app. It uh, does not screen your calls, but uh, you can report spam calls, which is important because it's the Public Service Commission. They're the ones who who are the the ones to pick up those numbers. So uh, if if you if you're into those apps and you and you hate spam and you and you know it's coming, oh, who doesn't get, hate spam? Find, find that Mississippi Public Service Commission app. And I've got that. the one from AT and T that's. The call block and it does work, but you have to you have to basically sort of report it, and then it gets on this list. And so, well, but then they'll change the number by a right. Digit. But I do yeah. the other interesting thing too is my caller ID will sometimes show up as telemarketer, which makes it easier. But anyway, the one yesterday I sent it to voicemail, and sometimes I listen back just to see what it is. The voicemail message was in Chinese. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Maybe they got the wrong number. Well, <laughs> I'm thinking myself. How are you ever going to get people to buy insurance when you're speaking Chinese? Well, you know, they've gotten really clever. So if you answer it, you hear somebody say, hello, how are you today? And you respond and realize it's not a real person. And I think this is real, although it might be something to check on Snopes. But that the idea of don't ever say... What is it? Yes. So there's one of the things where some sort of scam. Ah. If you say that, then they've got your voice saying yes, and they put it onto this. Do you want this offer yeah. and that sort of thing? So that was a classic a long time ago. I think they've cracked down a lot on okay. things like that. Well, that's good because, like but, I said, but faking somebody's voice and things like that—that's a that's a scary world out there. And I've also realized that the function that I use least on my smartphone is the phone. But that's Probably. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. All right. So uh, today we are going to be talking about Giving Tuesday. It is Giving Tuesday all day today. Uh, so if you're listening, uh, you know, why do you support charities? Which support, which charities do you support? How do you go about trying to decide who to give support to? Give us a call this morning and share your stories about uh, Giving Tuesday. But also we're looking for your personal finance questions as we do every Tuesday morning. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can always email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So why should you give to charities? Well, um, if you because want a tax deduction. <laughs> <laughs> um, so many times those gifts to charities can reduce your taxable income. So that's a plus. But more than that, um, I, I think it's important, especially as you teach children about money, that it's not all about them. It's not all about us, Mm -hmm. that we shouldn't spend every penny on ourselves, that we should carve out some for others in need and just figure out what's important to you. And everybody has something different that's important. Sometimes we can be really scattershot with this, you know, just every time somebody shows up, oh, give them a few dollars. Um, I've reached the point that I want to focus on those few things that are important to us that share our values and I can then say to some of these others I'm sorry I've already budgeted those dollars it's something that really sticks with me um well, two things. First, we always when we talk about teaching children what is money and what they do with money, we talk about three different things you can do with money. You can spend it, you can save it, and you can share it. And so, of course, you know, sharing your money is more than just you know giving it to your church, or it could be more than just giving it to your animal shelter. You know, it's it's treating your friends, it's it's buying things for other people. It's it's it encompasses a whole manner of things. But one thing that really sticks with me about the importance of charity. Um, so I was I was a Boy Scout, and uh, I became I was inducted into the Order of the Arrow, which is a kind of service organization within the Boy Scouts. And uh, w- I was in it, um, you know, just I was, I was young. I didn't necessarily know exactly all of the reasons and understand all of the meaning behind it. But someone summed it up who had been in who had been in the organization a little bit longer than I had. He summed it up really well. He said. Um, you know, Boy Scouts has given me a lot, and uh, the Order of the Arrow is all about giving back and contributing more to scouting. And so he was, he was, he used that as a way to give back to an organization that had given him a lot. So whenever I think about charity, I, you know, some of the first things that I think about are, you know, organizations or places that have given me a lot. Um, you know, so schools, community organizations and churches around me first. And then, you know, also you look at things that, you know, they're doing something in the world that you like to see, which, you know, when I was a child, it was always, uh, 
any, anyone who sent me a picture of a cat and asked for money, they got it. Uh, just animals. If, if you were saving the animals, you got Ryder Taft's money, age eight. I got a lot of, I got a lot of charitable spam mail. Uh, I'm not sure if it was heard on the air, but my, I had forgot to silence my phone, which I had in my pocket. It, it, just, it just rang. Is it a telemarketer? It exactly was. And my <laughs> program said, alert telemarketer. So. We could we could have had this play out live on air. We could have really? seen, what are best practices when dealing with a telemarketer? That was too freaky. All right, we've got a caller on the line, so why don't we say good morning to Tom, who's called in from Gulfport. Tom, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hey, I've got a great deal for insurance. No, hold on, just kidding. <laughs> um, listen, Giving Thursday, Giving Tuesday is great. Um, what I've done in my family is family giving. At a very young age, I took my children with me to uh, churches and charitable events where they were able to personally get involved. And in many cases, uh, I was involved in Hartford, Connecticut, New York City with the homeless uh, in blankets and turkeys and doing a turkey drive. Making giving fun and getting the family involved sets a precedent and teaching so that my children now are totally on their own and they're doing these these things on their own. And so they saw in the early age that giving away a bicycle or helping me deliver turkeys to the homeless. So that's an important aspect of it. Uh, then in general giving, it's hard to pick your spots, but you should go on Google and check out some of the nonprofit organizations on GuideStar, and they will tell you which ones are more legitimate, I guess, or which percentage is given to charity, the organization, as opposed to fundraising. All right. Hey, great call, Tom. Thanks for calling in this morning. I like what he said because, you know, in addition to kind of teaching your kids why it's important uh, to give money or give to charity, to actually take them to an event like he mentioned, maybe a turkey giveaway or a blanket giveaway, I think that really – it hits home and it's more of a memorable experience, I would think, for well, kids. Well, and connecting that gift to a person who has some need is helpful as well. I've heard of uh, those who like to give uh, members of their family a certain amount of money mm-hmm. every year with the instruction that that has to be given away. So each person then has to think about what's the best use of that money. So that's a good lesson, too. Yeah, I think that was a great example. And it goes back to what we talk about a lot of time, um, how to how to impart your values. How do you use your value, how to use your money to impart your values and especially share them with your children. And Nancy, I like your point that you made and the idea of sometimes you feel like you're scatter shooting and, and giving here and there. To me, I think what you were saying is, you know, concentrate, decide what, what are the things that you support, what are the things that you value and give money to those things. I think that that sort of focus giving, I think, uh, is more uh, maybe a rewarding experience. And interestingly enough, research conducted by the National Institutes of Health, participants who chose to donate a portion of $100 they were providing enjoyed act, uh, activated their pleasure centers in their brain. So uh, giving uh, to others can actually uh, improve your mood as well. And I think, you know, he mentioned this guide star because you really do need to be careful about uh, giving to organizations that are not using that money well, that are not good stewards of that money. You want to find those that spend most of that dollar on programs, on actual needs versus administration. And um, we have uh, I believe Secretary Hoseman has been on mm-hmm. before talking about how the state of Mississippi maintains a list. So mm-hmm. you can go to the Secretary of State uh, for Mississippi's website and look up those charities, uh, and they will monitor those and uh, flag any that are creating problems in the state. Nancy, we call that in the business forward promotion, because after this break, we are going to dive into ways to determine uh, whether it's a legitimate charity or not. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're talking about giving Tuesday this morning, but we're also looking for your personal finance questions as we do every Tuesday morning. The number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks. If you ever miss part of the show, you can go to mpbonline.org slash money talks to listen again. Uh, all of our shows are archived there. You can also download the MPB public media app. When you do that, you listen to uh, MPB Think Radio on your smartphone, but you can do it on your schedule. So I'm Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. We're talking about Giving Tuesday this morning. I uh, want to talk a little bit about... Um, where to give and how to make sure that the organization you're giving to is reputable. But first, we have Becky on the line from Meridian. You're on the air with us, Becky. Go ahead, please. Hey, I just uh, wanted to tell you about the charities that I choose to give to, one of which is MPB. And I'm really always proud to tell people that I am a sustainer for MPB. I just felt like I've consumed so much of it all my life, and I really appreciate it and value it and so i became a sustainer and um so that's one and uh we also give to the um organization that i work for which is parents for public schools Mm -hmm. national organization because i just believe in this work so much that i left uh another position with another um charitable organization to come back to work for parents for public schools because I know the good and necessary work that we do um, actually does make a difference in helping not only parents, grandparents, guardians, but really other people in communities um, understand more about their public schools, um, how they function or how they're supposed to function, and how our public schools will fly as high as we support them to or, you know, or possibly go as low as we allow them to when we don't support um, our public schools that educate 90% of the children in Mississippi. Um, And my husband uh, has served on the board of directors for um, a local soup kitchen called Love's Kitchen here in Meridian, and we support them as well. So I, I guess I would encourage your listeners to, you know, one way to really find out how a charitable organization operates is to volunteer for that, op, uh, for that organization or serve on the board for that organization, and you really get to know them uh, that way. And we have great confidence in the ones that we uh, work for and that we have volunteered or served on the board for. So. All right. Hey, Becky, thank you for the call. Wonderful uh, comment, thank and you. we certainly appreciate your uh, your love for MPB, that's for sure, but uh, a great call. And I think uh, w- what she said is sort of the idea of putting your money where your mouth is. You know, if she was concerned about the public school situation here in Mississippi, she's not only given financial help, but she's gone that extra step and actually is working with them. And her other point about to really find out about uh, a charity, you know, volunteer, that's a I, great idea. I think idea. that's a great idea. Uh, I know ha- uh, we had one that we were giving to on a regular basis, um, only to find out from somebody who was volunteering with them that there were some questionable things going on. And so you only know if you're there on a regular basis basis and seeing what's happening. And uh, it will either make you step aside and think twice or you'll say, yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think once you uh, understand better what's uh, working, you it, it gets you more a, a better feeling of knowing that your money is is being used properly. Uh, we've got another call to get to, but did want to mention a couple of things that we had talked about. Uh, we mentioned that the Secretary of State's office uh, is uh, r- responsible for the registration and regulation of charitable organizations in the state of Mississippi. They're also responsible for the investigation of charity complaints and violations to the state's charitable laws. Each time, this time of year, they often 
Service kicks off their Check Your Charities campaign. Uh, you can go to their website to see uh, about the charity that you're thinking about uh, donating to. So the website is sos.ms.gov. We'll talk about some other uh, sites that you can go to to try to make sure that uh, the money that you're giving uh, is going to reputable organizations as well. But first, another caller to get to. Uh, Linda from Ocean Springs has called in today. Good morning, Linda. You're on the air with us. Good morning. And I always check my charities out with Charity Navigator or another source. To I don't want to be getting... Sorry, Linda, are you still with us? I think we lost her, uh, but let's go ahead. Maybe we can get Linda back on the line in just a minute. Um, I, I would say also, you know, connecting to these telemarketing phone calls, you get a lot of phone calls asking for donations. And uh, resist being pressured by them. A charitable organization that is reputable will not do that. And um, I always insist that they send me something in the mail or by email. And they all should have websites and should be registered somewhere. So that gives me the opportunity to check them out. And so I will not... Uh, donate uh, just on the fly with a phone call. Speaking of phone calls, some organizations that do that a lot are um, are colleges, universities, uh, places where you are a member of before, and they're trying to get you uh, interested in it again, or places that you've given to before. And you know, when you're thinking of checking out a place, you know, depending on how in detail you want to do it. That can be an opportunity because typically that's a somewhat trained volunteer who's doing that. Uh, if it's from a school or a place you've donated before, um, that's a good opportunity to ask them, um, you know, oh, so I was supporting such and such a scholarship. You know, what can you tell me about that? Or uh, ask them about things that have changes, changed uh, with schools is a great way just to keep updated and keep in touch. But with other organizations where, you know, you maybe had questions about the direction they were going, you can find out where they're going. Um, you know, having a person to talk to is sometimes a little bit better, can give you a little bit more information when you go when you go online and research in the news, for instance. I think we have Linda back uh, from Ocean Springs. Linda, you were telling us kind of how uh, you determined uh, which charities to give to. Go ahead. Yes, I always check with Charity Navigator and other sources to make sure that the CEO's not making uh, millions of dollars a year and has a company car and all kinds of things. So I want my money to go straight to what I think I'm, it's going to. Um, and I know there's some uh, charities are rated by how much money goes to the individuals or the animals that you want your, your charity to go to. And I'm working with, I'm volunteering at a, a little charity in Ocean Springs, Mississippi that goes out and um, and spays and neuters feral cats to keep the population down and even get the population to a point where the little animals aren't killed so much at the shelter and are homeless yeah. all the time. So you, maybe you want something that's local that you can actually see where your money's going and, and, and go to the meetings and, and find out how the money's being spent. So, it, and like I said, in Ocean Springs, there's, a, there's an animal, uh, an animal uh, volunteer place, uh, Feral Feline Coalition, that, uh, that all the money all right, Linda, I think we might have met you again, but a great call. Uh, and I think that point is well made, too, is that, you know, uh, again, maybe when you're prioritizing your giving, there are national organizations that do good things for maybe on a statewide basis or a national basis. But also it's important, I think, to maybe try to recognize those organizations in your local community that are doing good right where you live. I like this. People are calling in with where they give and why they give. You know, some people have different reasons for giving. Like I said, you know, I give to organizations that gave to me. And, you know, she is seeing an impact in her own community because you see stray cats and dogs all the time. So, you know, if you have an interesting charity, you know, something that a little off the wall, why you give to someone, you know, we'd love to hear about that. And the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 
7464. Again, we always look for your personal finance questions as well on a Tuesday morning. So we mentioned the Secretary of, State, Secretary of State's office is one place to check to see if it's a reputable charity, sos.ms.gov. A couple of others, uh, the Charity Navigator, I think that Linda just mentioned. Uh, we also, our other caller mentioned GuideStar. Uh, there's one, the American Institute of Philanthropy. Uh, charity Watch, which was founded 25 years ago, uh, is an independent assertive charity watchdog. There's the BBB Wise Giving, so that's the Better Business Bureau, I think. So I think if you um, go online, you can find a number of these places, but there are, you know, there are opportunities out there uh, for you to do some research to make sure that you're giving to a reputable uh, charity. Before our next break, let's talk to Charles, who's called in today from Jackson. Good morning, Charles. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning. Uh, so you're talking about charitable groups and and that, you know, how they provide funds to help society in some form or fashion. Another question that you want the person could, could ask is why do nonprofits exist or why does 501c3s exist at, at all? And one could say that is there for us for, to help uh, society. Another purpose that <clears throat> 501c3s were established was so that individuals that do give can get a tax break. Now, individuals may give a dollar, ten, twenty, two hundred, whatever. Uh, but also, uh, there are individuals in this country that make like make large dollar amounts, billions of dollars, and this is a way for them to shelter some of those dollars by setting up foundations. Then these foundations then fund activities throughout the country or even throughout the, the world. And when they do, when they when, all, when individuals give these dollars. They're able to get a tax break, but they're also able to help shape uh, society in some form or fashion by supporting certain policies, whether they're supporting education or not supporting education. And so, uh, and uh, it's so some examples of some nonprofits, and we're talking about like, you know, like, like I'm guessing we're focusing this morning on non, on small you know, small giving, but you know the NFL is a nonprofit. At at one time the uh, New York Stock Exchange was a nonprofit. So there's a many different you know, different ways that nonprofits are used in society as a as a as a whole, and and you know and hopefully uh, you know the, the work that's done that society will get a benefit from, from that, but. Anyway, I just threw, just threw that out, and I'm going to say you all have a good morning. All right. Thanks so much. Charles, for the call. You know, and I think that but the, it gets back also to obviously you need to do some research to make sure what the company or the charity you're well, giving to is doing. first, let's explain what he mentions, the 501c3, right? Yeah. So 501c3 is uh, the designation of a public charity, and that means it's an organization that anyone can give to, anyone does give to. And although I did recently read an article about one that only one person had given to, but and anyone can um, anyone can attend their their annual meetings and can vote for directors and things like that. Um, so that makes it a public charity. And and so when he's talking about uh, private foundations are a little different, it's like a five hundred one c five or something. I don't know. There, there's a few different uh, divisions there of of places that do get tax deductions. Yes, the NFL is. Some type of nonprofit. It's not a five hundred one c three. I don't believe. Um, but when he's talking about people setting up foundations and being able to influence things, you can do that too. Just like our last caller who gives to the spay and neuter shelter, and she is influencing her community. Um, obviously, if you have a hundred dollars to give, you might have less influence than someone who has a billion dollars to give. But with a public charity, you can still find out who's on the board, who the directors are, and you can call them. You can email them. You can find out when their meetings are and, and attend them, and you can give them money, and you can share your voice. And then if, if you have the time and the talent and the resources, you, you, can, you can work for them. You can volunteer for them. You can be on their board and help shape their policies. Uh, you can help not only shape their policies, but uh, encourage others to give to them. So uh, you 
you can absolutely. And in my experience, I've uh, am on a couple of nonprofit boards and have influenced them. And um, again, these are public charities, so everyone can you know it's it's an open process. People can see what's going on. When we talk about private foundations, uh, there is always a lot of concern that oh, you know, billionaires are never going to pay any taxes, etc., uh, etc. Et They're just going to put all their money into a private foundation. Um, there are limits on the taxes. So just to kind of assuage some of those concerns, um, there are limits on the tax deductibility of contributions to private foundations. Actually, they are the the most Ones. I believe it's they're limited to um, deducting 30% of their income for non-cash contributions. So if someone makes $100 million in a year uh, and they give $99 million to a charity, to a private foundation, um, they only get to deduct uh, a third of that. Um, so they're not totally avoiding taxes. Taxes are still getting paid. Um, and additionally... Private foundations do have uh, minimum amounts that they have to distribute every year, so they have to spend at least, I believe it's 5% on actual, uh, I think it's called programming, uh, it's, it's, it's spending on their mission. And, um, and, and so a couple of or, uh, uh, types of charities that have to do that, uh, there was some talk uh, a number of years back about large uh, college endowments having to do that. They don't have to, but a lot of the larger ones are adopting policies where they will spend 5%, which is why in the past few years, Ivy Leagues have gotten uh, given very generous uh, scholarships and things like that. Um, so that's just some information to kind of educate well, there. There's something else called a donor-advised fund, mm-hmm. which is like your own little private foundation. So sometimes we have clients we work with who want to give away a certain amount of money, but they haven't figured out, well, you know, how much is going to go to mm-hmm. charity XYZ yeah. versus charity ABC. And it's hitting the end of the year. I need to go ahead and do it so I get my tax deduction. So what you can do is open an account called a donor advised fund it is um, basically a foundation in your name it is private that money goes into that and you get the tax break in the year you put the money or the stock in that but then you have all kinds of time to decide mm-hmm. well who gets what of that uh, amount that I put in and so that allows you to go ahead especially if you have years people we work with who might be self-employed they might have a big year a banner year I need to make these uh, contributions donations now and then I'll have five to ten years where I dole it out this is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Need to take a quick break. When we get back, we will continue talking about Giving Tuesday. What if you got more time than money? If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, it's one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 We've got Sharon on the line from Greenwood. Sharon, we'll get to your call right after this break on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter Janderson and Ryder Taft. And today we're talking about Giving Tuesday. Got a couple calls to get to, so let's start again on the phone lines in Greenwood. Sharon has called in today. Good morning, Sharon. You're with us on the air. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Doing Good. great. What do you have for us? Well, I have a, um, a piece of advice to pass on. Someone said one time that you never want to um, 
donate to someone that calls you. And uh, I, I just tuned in a little bit ago. I heard someone talking about like an MSU alumni association or Ole Miss alumni mm-hmm. association, somebody that you usually donate to, but they may, may not be who they say they are. And so I've been told that the best thing to do is to uh, get the information they want to give you and then call call uh, the MSU Alumni Association according to what phone number you can find for them or you have for them and donate that way. Just don't do it by someone calling you. That's a great point, and I think uh, Secretary Hoseman mentioned that, so it definitely bears repeating. Um, online giving, if you know the website, double-check the website, make sure it's a secure website. Um, that's a good way to do it as well because you're, you're, not, you're not just reading off your credit card number to somebody, nor are you sticking it in the mail or sticking your banking information in the mail. So I generally right. find that secure if you're comfortable with that. And just just remember, I mean, they might say, you know, well, are you still at this address? And you'll say, well, you know, they wouldn't have known my address otherwise. But they might. They can get that off the Internet. So just be careful if they're, if they're calling you and you want to donate to them. All right, Sharon, thanks for the call. Uh, good call there. Let's uh, move on. Next, uh, Michael has on the line from Pascagoula. You're on the air with us, Michael. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. My question is, how do you go about setting up a donor-advised fund that Nancy mentioned earlier? Oh, this is so easy. Ryder, you want to jump in? Uh, yeah. So there there are a number of places where you can do it. The lowest minimum and the easiest setup I have found personally is Schwab Charitable. Uh, that's schwabcharitable.com or .org, I believe. And I think you can open up an account it, online, You right? can open up an account online. Their minimum is $5,000. These are slightly complex accounts, so that's why they typically have minimums, and they do charge 0.6%. That seems to be the standard uh, percent of what you have in there, just kind of as, as administration fees. Uh, Schwab Charitable has a very easy to set up one. I know Vanguard and Fidelity also offer them uh, and if you uh, have a larger account and um, possibly you work with an advisor who already has a lot of your assets um, American Endowment Foundation they work with custodians anywhere you can pretty much set up an account somewhere and then tell them where it is and they will they will treat that as a charitable account for you you have to name the foundation and most of the time we just give it the person's name you know so the Ryder Taft feel free to call uh, it the Ryder Taft Half charitable fund. Charitable yeah, I would just just put lots of money in that and spread it out. Spread it out. I'd appreciate that. And normally, what we do is we will uh, put our, our fund that account with appreciated assets, stocks, bonds that have gained in value. That uh, it's better for us to give them away at their value versus cashing out and taking the gain on it. And once it goes into the donor advised fund, it is then converted to cash. It is there, and then the whoever is administrating that will take your direction. So if you get a phone call from uh, a, a local charity you want to give to, as long as they are a an approved public charity, you just can instruct um, that company to send that money out. Yeah, so while Nancy was talking, I just wrote down a five-step plan for opening up one of these accounts. You can open them online. Then you can fund it, like she said, with stock is a really great way to do it. Um, Cash, if that's what you have, you don't have any appreciated assets to give. Uh, What we often recommend is if you have some appreciated assets and a lot of cash and you're thinking of giving cash, give the appreciated assets and just buy a replacement with the cash. Uh, Then you have it set up to invest. Uh, You know, if you plan on having this account for a very long time, you can invest that aggressively, just like when we say setting up your retirement fund when you're young. Um, Uh, But it's not yours. Once you put that money or those investments in there, they are no longer yours. Yeah, they you get again, it's it's donor advised. You get a a lot of power with your advice, but it's you don't get to take it back out. Um, You know, if it's something you plan on giving in the next couple of years, leave it in cash, invest really short-term funds. 
Um, you can direct the direct where you give, uh, like Nancy said. And also, one thing you can do is set up um, beneficiary charities. So, you know, what's going to happen to the account when you die and nobody is get it, giving advice? You know, just name a beneficiary charity. Or you can name uh, another advisor. So you can have, you know, much like you would have an executor of your will, you can have somebody else take over the account when you die. Um, you can also set these up to do recurring donations. You know, if you just, you know, want to fund, you know, you got a big bonus, you got an inheritance one year, you want to fund it in one year, but you want it to send out X number of dollars every year, you can just set that up so that you never have to think about it again. And when we're talking about uh, checking uh, references for for charities, uh, a lot of these organizations, uh, so Schwab Charitable, for instance, I know that they will uh, verify every year with the charity that, you know, one, they're you know, still in compliance with tax law. Uh, sometimes they'll do, you know, a quick call to the charity to make sure they're still operating, things like that. So they do a little bit of background checking for you and can offer some advice there for you. Uh, they're, they're great resources there. All right, Michael, we appreciate your call. And our producer, Liz Gill, checked and it is schwabcharitable.org. Yes. Ooh, okay. Org. So uh, that's uh, that sounds like an interesting idea, and uh, you know, it's, it would be kind of fun to be able to have that money there. And then, as you say, when you when you see something that you think is worthwhile, you, you've got your money set aside, and you can make uh, that contribution. Well, uh, and let's talk about the ways you can donate. Um, so, of course, we always think about cash. If it is actual cash, make sure you get a receipt. Um, and the IRS is expecting receipts on all donations. So even if you write a check, they're asking for you to have some sort of record from the charity that you made that donation mm-hmm. appropriately. Um, you can give away items, household items. Certainly mm-hmm. when I take a load of things down to my Goodwill store, I make sure I get a receipt. They don't put a value on it. You will have to put the value on it. Be reasonable. As long as you're it's reasonable. so valuable. This yeah. was my favorite T-shirt. <laughs> as long as you're reasonable, nobody's going to um, raise an eyebrow at that. Um, you can give away property, real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, understand that the form that you give away something will determine how much of a tax break based on your income you can get. And uh, so real property is something you can give away. Appreciated assets like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, you can give those away. All of that will uh will work uh, and a lot of people are now giving away vehicles giving mm-hmm. away cars mm-hmm. uh we would be remiss if we did not mention uh community foundations uh basically every area has some sort of community foundation and there's one it. here there are there there is one here in, in mississippi well there are i believe six in mississippi and then there is an umbrella one over all of mississippi the Compu- community foundation of mississippi and when you're talking about giving real property um community foundations are kind of they're they're a pretty good way of doing that one property is complicated it's very good to deal with somebody local in person uh it's uh, giving giving or selling property if you've ever done it before you know it's a long process um and having somebody local who who you can you can lean on is useful and community foundation people are often local and they can they can help they understand and and work with you on that property they may even find a charity who just needs that property which is is kind of a cool thing Um, but community foundations they would allow you uh, in many cases you could donate a piece of property Uh, they will you know work to sell it and then you'll have some cash which you can allocate to charities it's it's not your money again it's like that donor advised fund we mentioned but you can say okay well i donated my property to the community foundation uh they sold it so now i have fifty thousand dollars and i can allocate that to um good you know i can give some to the community uh soup kitchen i can give some to my local uh animal shelter or the public schools uh whatever you want to support that that they do this is Bunny Talks on MPB Think Radio. We've been talking today about Giving Tuesday. Uh, and by the way, we also mentioned that a lot of people, uh, one of the benefits of charitable giving are tax benefits. On our next show at 10 in legal terms, they're going to discuss the new tax laws with tax attorney Professor Richard Gershon. So that's uh, something to stay tuned uh, that comes up right after our program. We need to take a break. We still have time for you to call in if you'd like at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464. We'll be back to wrap up the show after this. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson and Ryder Taft. Today we're talking about Giving Tuesday. Still time to you for you to work in a comment or a question if you want to talk about your Giving Tuesday experiences. Or if you have a personal finance question, uh, go ahead and give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. Before we uh, leave about different ways to uh, contribute, we mentioned uh, donating stock. But what, what would be some things to keep in mind if you want to go that route? Well, if you're going to donate a stock, you want to look for something that has appreciated, that is worth a lot more than what you paid for it, so that if you cashed out of it, to donate the cash, you would have a capital gain. You'd have to pay tax on it, probably around 20%. Um, and uh, instead of doing that, you can give away the stock, and whatever the value is on the day you give it away is the amount of your donation, and that's what you get the tax break on. So it's a nice way to do it. Now, most um, charitable organizations have a way to accept Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, not all of them do. So first, call uh, the financial officer. Find out if they have such an account. They usually have a brokerage account set up someplace. So they will give you the information about where those investments have to go. And once they hit that account, then the charity should then immediately convert them to cash. All right. Um, Interestingly enough, I guess uh, you could say that – Giving money, donating money to charity can improve your personal money management. Any any thoughts on that idea? Well, I mean, one thing about it is that you are paying attention to your finance, um, and you know, we always say, you know, review your finances. Uh, and and oftentimes, when people look to make, especially when you're thinking in the year making a large donation, especially when you're thinking about for tax purposes, um, then you're looking at your finances. You're saying, how much have I made? How much have I spent? You know, how much have I already given? So you're already going over finances. So it's a good habit. And I know if you have any financial thing that's, uh, you know, a recurring payment, you know, you have recurring money going into your savings or your IRA, uh, a recurring gift to charity. Um, It just reminds you that, you know, your money is working for you. Um, A lot of our clients have um, gifts that they make to an organization. It may be an annual pledge, for instance, to their church. And so we encourage them to maybe if they have an investment account, to instead of making that, writing that check every week or every month, instead doing a one-time gift of stock that has appreciated. So that's one way to handle that. And another way, if you have investment accounts, uh, particularly if you have an IRA, uh, particularly if you are taking required minimum distribution. So all our regular listeners will know that if you are 70 and a half, you are required to take money out of your IRA. The trick is when you take money out of your IRA, it counts as income for you. But you can now, uh, it is made permanent in the most recent tax law, I believe, that if you send that RMD directly to charity, uh, then it does not count as income at all for you, which uh, not only, you know, you avoid paying the tax on it, but can also keep your income lower for, you know, other purposes. Uh, um, taxation of Social Security. Taxation of Social Security. Yeah, and exactly. of course, with the, the latest um, tax law change, we have a higher um, deduction that we get, that 24000 if it's a couple. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, if you have somebody you've already paid off your house, you don't have a lot of other deductions, that charitable deduction is no longer valuable to you. And it's better to go the route of using your required minimum distributions to make that uh, donation. And the last thing I would say is, you know, we've talked a lot about getting a tax deduction, but sometimes you need to give to someone or something 
which does not give you a deduction just because that's uh, an important. There's somebody who is in need and just understand that you're doing it because you need to. You know, also, I think uh, sometimes maybe we look at, especially if you're maybe making a donation to an organization that does international work about, oh, well, how much does my little whatever I can afford to send really help out? But, Liz, I think you have an example of uh, maybe not looking at it strictly from a American economic perspective. Well, not exactly, but the, the little bit helps. We went camping a few weeks ago, and when we got there, we had a, a burner, but we realized we didn't have any way to light the burner. So we couldn't heat up water, we couldn't heat up our food, and it, we were in the middle of nowhere. But there were some other campers so that were just about to leave, so we went up to them and said, do you have any matches? He handed me a box of unopened 5,000 matches. <laughs> you know, I needed I needed two. I, I know who to call in a blackout. <laughs> <laughs> I needed two. So sometimes when you, you, you may think you don't have anything, uh, maybe you've got extra furniture, maybe you have a little bit of money and you don't feel like that's a big deal to you, but to someone else, that may be exactly what they need to get by. And I just want to say I'm so proud of the fact that Mississippi always ranks the top of the list on the most generous state. Uh, we have a very generous people. We may not have a lot of resources, but we do believe in sharing. All right. And I think to sum things up, you know, just uh, take your time when you're thinking about making a charitable donation. Think about what are the things that you value? What are the things that are important to you in your life? Uh, how, think about maybe giving back to your community and then do your research. Make sure it's a reputable uh, source. Uh, so that you can rest assured that your money is doing uh, what you intended it to do. That is going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners, to which we always say thanks. To hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash talks. Or you can listen to the podcast. Search for Money Talks on your favorite podcast app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taft, I'm Kevin Farrell. Up next, it's In Legal Terms, where they'll talk about the new tax law. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.